Well, today I have for you all a, a story, and uh, we have to go back a little bit here in time, not too far away, in the lifetime of some of us here present. It's right after World War II, and uh, Hungary, the country of Hungary, was in league with Germany, and uh, therefore the Soviets felt themselves justified in really trampling underfoot and putting under their thumb the Hungarian people. And uh, so they rolled into Hungary, they occupied it, they deported 600,000 Hungarians uh, into forced labor camps, the dreaded Siberian labor camps. And they say about a third of those, so 200,000 uh, perished in these labor camps. And uh, there were many other sort of uh, crimes against humanity and war crimes that the Soviets committed against the Hungarians. And it was very bad, very nasty. And uh, it was in the midst of this sort of context, this post-World War II Hungarian occupation of the Soviets, uh, that our, our story is set. And it's about an, a man who, uh, by the name of uh, Janos Varkony. And uh, it's a true story, 100% true story. He uh, testified to it Later on, he wrote a little story himself about it. And uh, he was a student. And there was a, a pretty well-known, maybe again, some of us here might remember it. Uh, there was a Hungarian revolution, or at least an attempt. To, uh, and I think it was about 1955, 1956, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it took place in October. The Soviets uh, came in and, and crushed it, though. And there's a lot of bloodshed and uh, destruction that took place in Hungary and the different cities. Where it took place. It was a revolution led primarily by the students, by college students. And uh, Janos was one, of, one such student. He was a leader, actually, of the, of the rebels. And uh, after the, uh, it was November uh, of maybe it was 55 or 56, uh, that the Soviets successfully completely you know, squashed it, put an end to it. And uh, they were forcing the university students to sort of clean up, you know, clean up the rubble clean up the damage that had been done from the fighting and, the, and from the war. Uh, and they were taking their time, actually. The students were taking their time because they were hoping the UN was going to kind of come in and sort of uh, be able to see some of the evidence that had been left and be able to bring um, you know, evidence against the Soviets for war crimes or whatnot. So this is the setting. Here we are. Uh, put it about a month later. It's two days before Christmas. We're into December right now. Okay. And Janos is cleaning up the rubble, uh, and a, a, a colleague of his comes up on a motorcycle and says, um, Varkony, you're on the list. They're looking for you. And so immediately, he, in his mind, is presented with two choices. He's going to either be deported to Siberia and probably die there, or he's going to go down fighting. All right, so that's how he imagines his options. Um, and his colleague kind of can see his, his, read his mind, so to speak, and he says, no, 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 listen, a lot of us have been able to escape uh, across the border to Austria. Go. And here, take this. And so he gives him a, a Red Cross armband, and he gives him fake identification papers, and uh, he gives him uh, his own motorcycle, and then he gives him a handgun, <laughs> Puts it under the seat of the motorcycle. And then finally, the last thing he gives him is this. He reaches in the back 
And he undoes a chain around his neck. And on the chain is a cross. And now, Janos is kind of embarrassed that such a tough-looking guy is religious. And, and uh, his friend says, well, I know you're not religious. And Janos says, well, I, I used to be. And it being so close to Christmas at this time, his mind travels back to another Christmas when he was a child and his mother would bring him into the church and they would go before the nativity scene and they would light a candle and they would pray for dad who had been conscripted by the Germans into the war and they prayed for him that he would come home alive. He never did. Never came home alive. And after the report of his death reached the family, soon thereafter, mom died too. So here's this little kid here, Barco knew when he was just a little kid. Here he is, he basically loses his faith. He thinks God doesn't hear a prayer, a prayer is useless, forget about it. Okay. So his loss of religion is tied up very intimately with his relationship with his mother and his father, and uh, it's kind of a, a sore spot for him. Well, in any event, he does take the cross from his friend and he puts it into his pocket, just as kind of a, a memento from one friend to another. And he gets on the motorcycle and he starts riding. And he approaches uh, a Russian guard. There's a big tank in the way, and the tank's got his turret and his gun aimed right into the road. It looks kind of scary, but he gives him his fake papers, uh, which are his fake identification papers, which are written in Hungarian. And the Russian guard pretends to read the Hungarian, doesn't know, and just kind of waves him on. And so he starts getting kind of hopeful that he, he might be able to make it, actually, out of the country and into Austria. Uh, but he's got quite a while to go, and he knows the final border area is 25 miles of nonstop guards and checkpoints. And so he's still kind of uh, nervous about this whole transaction. Well, he, came, he continues to, to ride, okay, and it's, it's December 23rd, and the, the nighttime is coming. Uh, it's getting dark. It's very, very cold, and uh, he's got to actually put one hand in his pocket as he's driving his motorcycle because his hands are freezing off, you know, from the wind, and then he switches like this, and he puts the other hand in the pocket, and he keeps doing this just to try to keep his hands from becoming frosted. But as he rides, he rides through these little villages in the countryside of Hungary, and every once in a while he'll see a house with a window with a, a candle in the window, which is an old Christian custom to do during Christmas time. And his memory again goes back, travels back to again when he was a child. And he remembers before the Soviets, before the communists took over Hungary, he remembers Christmas as it was at that time. And his day was no longer. But Christmas as it was when he was a child. Everybody had candles in the windows. And everybody waited up till midnight on Christmas Eve until it was, it was midnight mass. And then all the churches all throughout Hungary, very, very Catholic country, all the church bells would start ringing. And then the children would be told that the angel we heard in our gospel today, the angel that came to the shepherds to announce the good news of the Savior's birth, that same angel would come down at midnight on Christmas Eve. So they didn't have Santa Claus, they had this angel going to come, right? 
So the little kids would run out of their houses waiting for the angel, and they look up, and then they say, oh, it's a mystery, and then they come back in their house, and probably we can imagine there are some gifts left for them, okay? And then the children would also sing a special song at that time. They would sing what they call the angel song, very similar to our silent night, okay? Uh, but it was in Hungarian, it was a Hungarian native song, and it was about the angel that came to announce the news of the Savior to the shepherds. And so his, his mind would flash back to that. And in contrast to the hunger in which he currently lived as an adult, Christmas being completely suppressed, the Mass being suppressed, churches being closed, and a substitute holiday called Pine Tree Celebration Day being imposed on the, on the Hungarian people. So he keeps riding, and he's got to stop for gas. It's late. He stops for gas. And the attendant says, give me your gas ration card. All the gas is rationed off. And so he's struggling for his gas ration card, and he, he pulls it out. And to his embarrassment, the cross is wrapped around the gas ration card. And the gas attendant sees that, and he says, oh, put your, put your card back in your pocket. How many liters do you want? Gives him gas for free gives him some good advice, and then when he goes, he says, God be with you. You see a kind of a underground group of Christians, believers, people who long for it to be the way it was when Christmas was celebrated instead of Pine Celebration, Pine Tree Celebration Day. So he goes on, he feels slightly warmed and encouraged by that encounter, and uh, he keeps driving. He gets to a second guard stop. This time it's Hungarian guards, not Russian guards. And uh, he kind of gives them a story. He gives them a fake story about who he is and what he's up to. And uh, they go into the guard shack and they're kind of talking to each other off in the distance. And he gets really nervous. And his, his hand kind of wants to go to his gun under the seat of the motorcycle. The only thing that stops him is the fact that his hand is resting on the cross in his pocket. So these two guys come out and they say, we don't believe your story, but we're not worried about you because we think you're going to get stopped by the Russians when you're trying to cross the border, so keep going. Well, so he keeps driving it. He keeps driving. He gets to the border city and it's past curfew. And so anybody out past curfew, the cops and the police and the soldiers would, would chase you down. So he gets off the road really quickly. He puts his stashes, his motorcycle somewhere, and he walks into the first building, kind of like a big public building, stone building that he finds. He doesn't really know what it is. It's dark. He walks into it. What building do you think it is? It's a church. He walks into a church. And he sees in the corner an activity scene. And uh, the memories of his mother with him by the nativity scene come back. And he, right now... You know, again, he, his faith is kind of dead, but it, he does have some smoldering embers of it left. And he tries to pray. He tries to remember the Hail Mary and the Our Father. He can't quite do it. He's kind of exhausted to just turn the effort to pray. And he eventually, he, he falls asleep. And he wakes up and uh, gets on his motorcycle again and he keeps taking off. 
Final gas station he stops at, finds another friendly guy, gives him some good advice. He says, there's a minefield over here, a minefield over there. Avoid those areas, avoid this area. If you hear many dogs barking in the distance, that's good. That's an Austrian village. Run for it. If you hear one dog barking behind you, that's bad. That's the guards. They're after you. And it's a two and a half hour walk. Go for it. And so he heads off. Okay, it's Christmas Eve day. And it's nightfall. It's getting dark again. Okay. And uh, he's tramping through the snow. It's bitter frozen. He thinks he's going to get frostbits. And he can see the border of Austria with his eyes. And he looks back to his own country, the only country he's ever known. And he's, he's ready to leave it all behind just so that he can get freedom and get his life back. And it, he's about to cross the border when he hears one dog bark. And he knows he's in trouble, so he starts running for it. The dog overtakes him, knocks him to the ground. Two guards surround him with their machine guns pointed at his stomach. Get off the first guard, picks him up, roughs him up a little bit. Second guard pilfers his pockets, takes out all his belongings, including the cross. Shoves it in his pockets. First guard says to the second one, okay, I'm going back to the guard tower. You take this guy and take care of him. And so the second guard puts the machine gun into his back to walk. And they start walking off into the fog. Thick fog. No one could see them. They basically disappeared in the fog. And the guard says, stop. Turn around. And he turns to face him. And he pulls out, out of his, out of his pocket this cross, and he's kind of hanging, hanging it in front of him. And Janos thinks that he's basically taunting him, okay, with a, with a religious symbol. And he says, take it. And so Janos takes the cross and he says, you know the song the children used to sing? You know, the, do you remember it? Do you remember the angel song? Sing it with me. And actually, they start singing the song that they knew as kids. And when they're done, he kind of looks off in the distance as if he's sort of like listening for something. And he says, every year at this time, I think I hear the children singing the angel song. I think I hear the church bells ring. But there's only silence. You understand what I mean, don't you? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to shoot in the air. And you're going to run as fast as you can. And when you get to freedom, teach the children to sing the angel song. And so he starts firing in the air, and Janos takes off as fast as he possibly can and makes it across the border, and he falls on his knees. And all the prayers of his childhood that he had forgotten, that he had struggled to remember that night near the nativity scene, they come back to him, and he's able to pray. And he takes the cross, and he puts it around his neck. And he, for the rest of his life, will always remember that guard that, that spared him and saved his life. And he celebrated Christmas, and he returned to the practice of the Catholic faith, and he taught his children to sing the angel song. 
My brothers and sisters, this man lived in a world of darkness because he lived in a world without Christmas. A world without Christmas is a world without Christianity, a world without Christ. That's a hopeless world. That's a dark world. But you know what? It's not the real world. The real world is the one into which the Savior has come as light into the darkness to redeem us from our sins and to give us hope for eternal life. That's the real world. That's the world in which Christ is and Christianity can be practiced in freedom and Christmas can be celebrated. So my brothers and sisters, let us today rejoice in this feast and live Christmas today, but also all the days of our life. Let's be proud of being Catholics. Let's be thankful and never take for granted what we have. We have the church, we have our faith, and we have, most importantly, Christ Jesus himself, who has come as our Savior. So, just in closing here, um, there's a little book I'm trying to do, a little promo here for this book here. Take one. Take it home. Read it. It's a great book. It'll strengthen you in your Catholic faith. It will revive it if there's the coals or burning dim. And when you're done with it, pass it on. Okay, let's transmit the faith to other people and to the next generation. Let's not have our kids growing up to celebrate Pine Tree Celebration Day. Let's have them understand what Christmas, Christianity, and Christ is all about.